Hey, how's everybody doing today? I'm here today with uh, Grant Wadley, Fire Chief of Gunman Fire Department. Scott Lathrop is the Training Chief of Gunman Fire Department. And Spencer Leiter is EMS Chief of Gunman Fire Department. And with the lot of things going on in this country, I thought it'd be a good day just to visit with some guys that I know and one I just met. Um, tell me, guys, is things... Been a little different. Last last four months, three months, a lot different for us. Day to day things are going on, but uh, we've got new we have new issues when we go to people's homes and when they call for for services. We have we have to protect ourselves much different than we had to. We have to think about diseases that we didn't have to think of before. It's, it's, it, it makes it makes the general runs that we've done for the last 25, 30 years different. Yeah, no doubt. And we had to change overnight. So as an EMS chief, did you have to totally redo a bunch of training for protection for the guys? Yeah, I started as the EMS chief on March 9th. Oh, and on good March, timing. On March 13th, I spent my entire day re- researching... Uh, what the CDC was recommending for EMS services, um, what the their recommendations were if we did have someone exposed, uh, what we would have to do for follow-up, for health care, for them, uh, trying to see what we could do to protect our guys, what we could do to protect the public. Um, that day I started working on a training program for our guys just right off the bat to start sharing that information. We changed how we come to work. We have to do a health screening when we get to work now. Now we're doing it four times a shift. Yeah, I, I had to do it when I came in the door. Yeah. Well, it was very uncomfortable. I don't know what I did wrong, but I think mine was different than most, but we'll talk about that later. Well, we knew before you got here you were going to be using the red temperature gauge, not the blue temperature gauge. I don't know, man. I thought a retired captain would get treated a little better here, but uh, Scott, did you have to... I mean, well, fire, fire, fire-wise, probably hasn't changed a whole lot, but I'm sure you helped. Yeah, we took a, we kind of had to take a step back from traditional styles of training within our department. So everything kind of took a back seat the moment that this COVID stuff came around, and Spencer kind of ran with it, and I, we, we had to take a step back in the sense of volunteer trainings, kind of, you know, we had to shut those down. The rest of the trainings we kind of had to shut down to an extent. Shut down volunteer training just because of the social distancing? Yeah, social distancing and then, you know, we just can't have that many people gathered together. Right. For the guidelines, so. Yet at the same time, our problem was is if a fire came up or something that you need 10 or more people, we still had to perform our jobs. Yeah, so emergency still exactly the same. Yeah, well, you can't change that. Yeah, we didn't change yeah. any of that stuff, but... Uh, we're about to fire back up with some training here coming up pretty soon, maybe the end of this month. We'll Can I come our... get in a burn building sometime? What's that? Can yeah. I come? Yeah, I don't know. You in shape? Better shape <laughs> than I've been in 20 years. Yeah. We I don't do think that. it's the old brick mortar that we used to get into. No, I'm kidding. I don't even probably down. feel that heat. Uh, the heat's good. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a game changer for us. Um, and all over, you know, on some of the Facebook posts and different things that I've noticed, all the departments are saying, you know, the guys are saying, so is your department shut down on training? And then 
there were some crews or some departments that they kept firing through it, kept having to, you know, do their trainings and. Right. So, you know, we it seems like we may have took a week or two off, but then we went right back into it. We realized that life's got to go on. Emergencies still happen regardless of what the restrictions are, and so we company trained all the time, and you know, just like we always have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, nine to noon. We okay. continued that. Okay. And on the volunteer side. Chief uh, Wadley and I, we came up with a, an idea that uh, let's go ahead and and continue to train with the volunteers, but let's do it a shift-by-shift shift basis. So with us being a combination department, meaning paid and volunteer both, um, on the volunteer side of it, we have A, B, and C shifts. So we picked a day for each one of those crews on the volunteer side, and then we got to, they got together with me. We went to training grounds. We went over, you know, tanker ops, all different kinds of fire scenarios because we're in wildfire danger season right now oh, so. we definitely are we just talked about that before rec- recording and i i live out in the country now so i i pay attention to f- fuel loads and all that because it yeah and the wind we already have it the heat's here things don't stop just because of a pandemic right mm-hmm. you know it, it took us a while to get not a long while but a while to get back we get our feet back underneath us and then once we got the ball rolling again it's just business as usual around here for us like we take the precautions and we do what we got to do yeah you know it's it's just another thing we deal with it is operational readiness is always number one i mean that's what at least when i was here i mean it still is yeah and it, well it has to be we're here to to serve the citizens so and you know operational readiness is number one but we've kind of there are parts of the operational readiness that we've kind of even put above which is our own safety, which, like you said, we come through, we're screening everybody. So yeah, even with this COVID going on, we started screening back in. So when did you put it into place, Spencer? Um, March 17th, we started screening our crews every day. Like when then, they came in for shift change? Yes. When they came in for shift change mm-hmm. every day. And then we discovered um, the post-exposure recommendation was that you screen twice a day. Uh-huh. And so then March 30th, we said, you know what? We're all going to get exposed at some point. Let's just plan on it. And then that's when we started screening every six hours when they're on duty. Okay. And we've, we've upped our PPE. You know, we've, you know, including runs up to, to last night, we're looking at, we're probably in the two months, 60? Yeah. 40, 40 to 60 known contacts of COVID that our staff, our medics and EMTs and have been in contact have been in these are known people right and we've not had anybody out so i mean we're we feel that we're doing something something good something right and if it's making sure that when you come through those doors that you don't have a fever you don't have a cough you know you you don't have the shortness of breath that's that's the start of it but if you don't feel if you feel sick stay home and we've we've done very well on it. So I mean, it's we always kept the ambulance really clean. But did you have to change up some of that too? Actually, Chief Lakes prepared uh, came up with an idea. We use we're using air packs now, and uh, paint guns, the Autopa automotive paint guns, and we use our air packs. They're able to disinfect a, with a chemical that we've got from another place. And we've just taken ideas from other fire fire departments and other places that have worked. Mm-hmm. and implemented here and, and, and both these guys have I don't know you can't, it, it, it's massive but it's it's pretty cool something we're doing is working so we're going to continue oh definitely because it's not like Guyman hasn't been a hot spot 
And with that being said, are we are we seeing numbers dropping? We are seeing a flattening of the curve. Okay. So we are not still going up. We are we're flattening. Testing, I'm assuming, is probably still about the same amount, or is it testing dropping? is is lower. Okay. There's not so we will see lower numbers anyway. With exactly. The lower. So you know, there's always been with the health department, the the state of our the state department of Oklahoma, state health department of Oklahoma, is the one that manages how the testing goes. Okay. And we're at their beck and call, no matter what we think. And I know the governor said that everybody has access to it and should be tested and we know for a fact you went if you didn't have an appointment you couldn't get tested right if you didn't have all symptoms if you, i mean we even had one of our own staff members that was exposed was turned down really yeah my daughter got one because she had to have surgery oh yeah yeah well i know i asked her how did it feel they tickled her brain she's like ah. yeah well she's pretty tough so you did the one one didn't, didn't you mm-hmm. yeah what do you do so did all you? three of us went and did you have one too yeah we did just i mean to we want to i mean walmart is doing a, a good thing and you know it was it, it was out there for the public and we thought you know how they it was a different way of doing it and uh i know they say they tickle your brain but they allow you to do it but yeah for man, sure I, i'm sorry i can't poke that thing in my brain I just, dude, I so what do you mean you can't even take a needle <laughs> so right. <laughs> All right, enough about the COVID. I mean, I just wanted to, I knew you guys were doing a great job taking care of yourselves because I just, I know you guys. And uh, uh, let's kind of back up a little bit. Scott, how long have you been on the apartment now? 14 years. Ho- Holy crap. Yeah, you're getting old, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into it. Dad, God. I mean, I, I, mean you, I was here when you were here, but not very long. It's been a while, but it goes fast. I mean, you kind of remember how that is. Oh, I definitely I've seen know. tons and tons of changes, though. Yeah. You know, and I want to commend you. I've seen a lot of changes as you've moved up the ranks. And when you came in, um, I don't know. I saw, man, I saw a lot of potential in this guy. I was like, dude, this guy's going to go a long ways in the fire service. He can go anywhere if he wants to. He can stay here or he can go wherever the heck he wants. I just knew right off the bat that this dude's going somewhere with it. So, You know, I think it's just it's more of a – I kind of came in with the adrenaline junkie, wild man syndrome. You think? You, you and me both <laughs> yeah. jumping dirt bikes? And yeah. <laughs> coming from, you know, that kind of background. And then also further than that was growing up on a farm where – you learn how to work. Yeah, Boy so, City area, right? Yeah, Sunrun yeah. County. So. Hey, he hasn't ended up on my front porch, though. Yeah. Let's, we don't need to go there. <laughs> well, let's do. This guy. So Chief Wadley had, really, he put me through EMT school. But I was also sometimes a case study from motocross crashes or... Mm-hmm. Water skiing into trees and being impaled on trees, it, whatever, whatever the case. But I was one of Grant's students that would definitely have some own case studies. It was oh, we cool. had a good time. We did. We lived down the street from us. We went on fires together. I would, volunteers. I would literally stand out in the street at 2 a.m. waiting on him as he'd come by and pick me up. So yep. It was cool. How long you been on now, Grant? 
This is 25 years. Yeah, I, I, we were about the same, so I knew it was... Came gonna, the same day? Yeah. You and me, Corey? Yeah, so I knew it was right around there. And then we got a youngster here. How long you been on? I've had a total of seven years with this department. With this one? Where at before? Uh, I, did, I started out as a volunteer in Parrish, New York. Oh, uh, so you didn't get to count any volunteer time. Not from there. Dang. That's but I got I counted the um, internship time I did when I was in the internship program here. How did you end up in Oklahoma Panhandle from New York? I first came down here as a missionary for my church. Okay. And you're like, wow, I like this flat place with no trees. I'm going to be mm-hmm. an assistant chief. Something like that. All right. Yeah, but it's this next place that you would have interest in. Where's that? Uh, after I graduated the internship program here, I went to UNM and got my bachelor's degree. I'm sorry. Years. I'm really sorry about that. You can leave now. <laughs> I'm an Aggie. Yeah. My wife went to uh, NMSU. Yes. I like your wife. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, that's definitely one of uh, one of our rivals. So, so that's where... Yeah. That's We're going to have fun with that. That's I'm going to bring stuff to the station for you now. So that's where he gained a lot of his, his paramedic... He was paramedic there. So you, you got your paramedic in Albuquerque and worked yeah. at trauma Oh, so you, you got some experience. I in. worked at UNM Trauma Center. Oh, yeah. I worked Albuquerque Ambulance. Uh, and then I got my bachelor's degree and my paramedic at, at UNM. UNM. You got some good experience in. It's a rough place. Yeah. Very. The, the scary days when the guy that got caught up by a machete came in. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, where'd you, where do you live? And he lived two blocks from my house really one of my best friends uh, Armando Limon was SWAT team in Albuquerque yeah yeah he just retired here a few years ago I remember him yeah he thought I was crazy for going into a burning house <laughs> and this is no lie we went to visit one time and he had just got off like a 23 hour standoff where they were actually shooting at each other and I'm like and you think I'm nuts going into a burning room I know what fire is going to do you don't know what a human's going to do, so... Anyway, nothing of that. That's pretty interesting, though. And I don't have anything against the, the Lobos. I had a good friend play football there, and I love Albuquerque, by the way. I miss Sadie's. Yeah. I miss El Pinto. Yeah. Good man. So, not only with all this going on, um, when I... You guys may not know this, but when well, Scott does, when I got out of... The actual fire department then I was emergency management director for Gaiman so I got to ring the sirens at the wrong time every time but uh, that's not a fun job by the way but I did learn a lot so let's forget about that COVID for a bit we are in the middle of severe weather season for tornadoes and let's talk about what citizens can do to be prepared for for all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm finding out that nobody was ready for any of this. We were, nobody had toilet paper, that's for sure. Um, unless you saw it coming. Yeah. And you filed up. And I was, that was a joke, guys. But, I mean, what kind of tips can we give people about being prepared? And by the way, the siren system now, do you guys still run it? Yeah. Yeah, that we run it. Okay. So, who who's who gives the go ahead? 
right now it's between the emergency manager and the fire chief and the fire chiefs. If I'm out of town, then these guys. You guys just decide, okay, we're going to blow it. No, we, we actually, through past problems in the in the past, and you were around when a lot of that happened. Yeah, I was around when they'd go off on their own. Yeah, well, that's They might that's still do too. it, yeah. Um, you know, we, we stay real close with the Emerald National Weather Service out of Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. And uh, those are the ones that, I mean, we stay close to them. We don't go off the new spotters that are coming out here from Oklahoma City that happened last year. We had some spotters come out. Uh, start ranting and raving that they were they were in the middle of a tornado and there never was right and that and that that that, that, that causes that's happened a bunch from day one exactly. everybody thinks they see one and they they see some twirling clouds and it's not a tornado so when they ring the sirens um, I hope you guys agree that with me that wasn't the time to get in the car and go to the shelter no. Correct? Sure. So if you're listening to this, all six of my listeners, you need to be prepared long before the siren goes off. When a siren goes off in whatever community you're in, that is the moment that you need to go into your basement. And, and, and let's, let's or your storm clarify cellar. something. The sirens are for outdoor. They aren't. They shouldn't be your... Your warning sign inside no, no, no. the home. No, don't get and don't get me started on. No one's coming to save your ass. Yeah, you need to be responsible for yourself. Have a plan. Talk to your neighbors. If you have a basement, talk to your neighbors and have a plan together with a couple of neighbors. That's where you go to be safe. Um, I think now with everything gone on, we can definitely say that government's not going to save you we're sure here to help but we can't save everybody so you've got to be prepared to do what you've got to do to save yourself so i just always struggle with that when i'd ring the sirens it seemed like it was a traffic jam Mm -hmm. pager's going off I get to keep them here with me. They're not going anywhere. Free staffing. So that was just one of my biggest deals was, you know, be prepared. You know, and you hear the sirens, that's that's the time that you really need to be taking cover for sure because there's probably an active tornado close or getting ready to be right on you. So Something to, to back, back you up a little bit with what you just said about being prepared. If you noticed and you just heard... Our pagers went off. That page was for pre-staffing brush trucks. Yes. So that's us trying to be ahead Head of the game, game when that time does come. So we've yeah. already got guys staffing trucks before there's ever a fire. Yes. So we're calling in our combination, our volunteer guys, to say, hey, help us out. We need you on a rig. So when we do get that little thunderstorm tonight pop up, we're already ready to go. Yes. So the same thing goes with, you know, uh, storms or anything, you know, or... Life in general, prepare for that rainy day because it's going to come. It's yeah, gonna, it's going to happen. So be prepared. So just backing you up on that. It is, and, and and the assistant chief's talking about how they're preparing for that because we've got high heat right now, high winds. We may have some lightning come in and actually start some fires, and then they're prepared. They don't have to search for guys to come jump on a truck to go. They're already ready. So it's it's always preparation around here. So. So we've talked a little bit about tornado stuff. You guys still have shelters. This 
probably some of the same shelters here in Gaiman, right? Yep. Yeah, we still do the shelters. Um, and there, you know, there was some squabble a while back. Um, the city had posted that they didn't want to, or they weren't going to open the shelters because of the COVID, this and that. Yeah. That's all been kind of dealt with by them. And uh, we just kind of backed that situation up. Um, uh, these are, you know, it's private entities that, that have these shelters. It they're is. Not, they're yeah. not city shelters. So, yeah. you know, if they allow that program to go on with their building, then we'll still help them maintain them, you know, do what we got to do to make sure we can still get in there. We don't allow pets in there. Keep, keep dogs and snakes out. Keep the animals yeah. out. Which it's, I've had to do before in the yeah. past. And that's hard because, you know, animals mean everything to people. They do. They do to me. But, uh, you know, you get two or three dogs in there, you're going to have a big fight and you're going to have people getting hurt and that becomes yeah. a huge life safety hazard for humans, not yeah. just animals. So. Yeah, you know, that's we, a big deal for us. We literally had someone try to bring a pet snake in one time. So yeah. it was I was just like floored. But Yeah, you know, shelters is a big thing for us. It's it's always been pretty important to us. You know, uh, our thing is is customer service is making sure our customers are taken care of, whether it's internal or external customers, take care of ourselves, also take care of everybody else. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that the shelters are there. Hopefully that you know, we can get everything opened up for them when that time comes and we're prepared well before that time ever comes when that storm does arrive. So Okay. And it goes back into that pre-preparation. Um, people need to know where storm shelters are. Yes. Not when that, that horn goes off outside and you're trying to scram and hurry. Oh, where do I go? Where do I do? And then panic mode sets in. I already have a plan. If you know that there's a storm coming in, you watch the news, which everybody does anymore. Should. There's apps. You can have apps on your phone. You know, yeah, it pops up on your phone and boom you've already got a game plan for what's coming right you know right and you know going back to the jumping around a little bit there the wildfire issues around around these towns as well you know we a few years ago we had a a brush fire that blew up into Gaiman yeah let's let's talk about that let's go ahead and move there um and what we call that guys uh it's called you know urban interface if you have a wildland fire come into your community and Gaiman I, I live over by Hooker, outside of Hooker, but all these communities have that issue. Um, so let's talk about some things that can prepare a homeowner, a property owner, to be more safe in that type of situation. Okay, what, what are so some of your thoughts? I have a few. It, my main one is just keep the brush around your place mowed down. Absolutely. But let's let's go. You guys just chime in. What, what, what other things can... And this pertains to farmers out in the middle of nowhere. Sure does. What are some things that, that people can do to, to help with fire danger when we do have wildland fires approaching structures? You know, I kind of learned a lot of this at a young age because I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and we were surrounded by CRP grass. Yeah. And basically three sides were surrounded by CRP and across our road we had um, every year there would be a wheat field mm-hmm. and, you know, then that becomes wheat stubble and all that good stuff or even when you run a combine or a tractor through there something can catch on fire southwest winds pushed it right to our house so grew up we had a couple of fires around the place and so we always my dad always made sure the property was mowed real short yeah especially on the perimeter of the house and then when it got real dry he would get a he'd get the sprinkler out and he would just water yeah he just water around and um you know so it was real important i think that's a that's a huge thing keeping the brush and keeping the stuff that's close to your house keeping it trimmed back brush yeah. trash yeah i've seen houses go up um 
in my career because they had, you know, old trailers, old cars, just junk, junk parked all over the place. And so it's real important to keep your property clean and cut short. Absolutely. I'm in the process of doing it now. I have five acres with over 200 trees that I, I'm trimming and trimming and trimming and trying to make sure that my house is a little safe, as safe as it can be where it's at. So. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, in my career, um, you know, like I said, a few years ago, we had that fire that blew up into the southwest side of Guyman, and that was mass chaos. Um, it was the wildland urban interface that we discussed. The irrigation motor started the issue out on the, the west side. This of was out of coming in off 54, coming yep. in where it got. Yep. Yeah, I do remember. And uh, it blew up into Guyman. Um, I was on the engine, station two engine, and I was my job was basically to cover the Elks edition. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got out there to the Elks edition, laid some some of our what we call supply line, our LDH, our, our um, hose that attaches to the, the fire hydrants. And there was such a panic in the Elks edition of people that they were literally just driving over our hose. Yeah, and so, this this is a this is a big hose, guys. It's a pretty big bump to drive over, actually. But it is. But they were in panic mode. Yeah. So they would just plow through there, and and then that creates a lot of issues for us. So that that was just the state of panic that they had not prepared or even considered a wildfire blowing up into town and potentially burning their home down. So mm-hmm. now they're in panic mode to get out of there. Not only are they worried about their property but their their lives in general yeah i see over my career here and just living here i see that that's common here a lot of people around here we're not we have a property in angel fire we're not angel fire so people don't think it can happen here like it did in uh you know california last year and all those towns literally burn up so but it, guys, it can happen here. So yeah, and we recently had the one in Beaver, Beaver County. Yes, we did. And we went and chased that fire around for a while. We actually started on Highway Three and started working our way back towards Beaver. And we get about halfway there, and then everybody's calling, say, "Hey, get into town. This sucker's already in town." I'm like, "Really? It's yeah. a long ways from us. Yeah. It's already there." I have friends that uh, her parents lost their home, so it it happens here, and and we've talked about the fuel load already here today. That it's we've kind of cycled into a little more rain over the last few years. And so we do have a little bit more fuel. We still dry out and get into that drought situation, but there's definitely been more growth over the last few years as far as stuff that's not mowed or, or crops. So mm-hmm. um, right now we're not as bad as we were in 1996, 97. We're not as bad. I don't remember. I really don't. I remember almost dying well you and me almost dying with tab back driving a truck that's might be yeah. one of my worst memories but <laughs> we used to be on a lot of bad grass i mean a lot of fires every yeah. day we were that back the day. i remember going on a lot and just is that back when you rode on the tailboard <laughs> grant and i were on the front <laughs> we were on the front we were on the front that day and we couldn't see a thing and you look back to look at your driver and you can't see him. i couldn't even see the driver and, and uh, not because of the smokes because our driver was down in the floorboard yeah i still with this hand or body on the gas and nice. there's been two two times in my career that I thought I was going to die one with Grant Wadley one with David Garrison so that was a trailer house fire but it, only twice but I literally thought Over we were the wall and the wall collapsing uh, I was not near that but I watched it smash my buddy Corey yeah yeah and Mr. Connor was lucky that he wasn't hurt real bad and I uh 
I was shaking after that because I was right there. Over. Right there. My little butt, that thing might have crushed me. Corey's a little bigger. But, yeah, that one was scary. Oh, and the, the apartments. I did think I was going to die that day, too. Mm. Yeah. Nick, 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 Jones, Nick Jones and I went in there with that. We set up that monitor. So I'll tell I you thought what, I was going to melt. With, your, uh, with the Apache Tracing, I was not here when that happened. But I have the magnets that were off engine two. It says engine two, the magnets that were, I guess were put back when Curtly was here, the magnets oh, yeah, of yeah. engine two for station two. Yeah. They put on the side of the truck. Well, I've got one of those, and I just saw it through the day. So all that stuff was about to get thrown away when we moved fire stations. Guess who was but on that truck? It's melted. You can just barely see that it was engine two. So. Guess who was on that truck? Well, probably you. I was. And I did not want to get as close as I did, but I was told to hook a specific hydrant in there. Um, by the time we got the hooked to that hydrant and pulled away, I had melted lights off the truck and all those stickers that you have. Mm-hmm. People got to remember, I mean, we, the, the hose that was left in the truck in the hose beds was off, was, was smoking. Yeah, we, well, we melted hose. Yeah. Like we put, we hooked up to that hydrant, turned it on, and by the time we got out of there, the hose was already melted, so the water didn't even make it to the truck. Mm. It was running out of a, a hole in the hose. Couplings were all there. So, yeah. So it's I was like... 50 feet, there was a coupling. So at that point in time, I was like, okay, I'm not obeying any more orders to go right over there. Not doing it. Mm. So, so yeah, that's, that's partly my fault for melting engine two. And but those, you know, those lights were melted, I think, until it was gone. But you know, you bring up a good... I mean, just like you were talking about, um, the conditions at that time are not as bad or the conditions at that time were worse than it is now yeah but we were approaching these same stuff as we were back then thankfully the you guys have some amazing equipment nowadays and I'll and I'll still argue that wild land man the best thing is a maintainer and a giant tractor with a 40 foot blade well disc what I mean. we've learned over the years from that time and now is how to work with others yes we can't do it on our own. I mean, no. We, our command structure. I mean, I know yeah. when the three of us go out, we, we talk about how we're going to take different people, different groups to fight this fire this way. Right. To pinch it off here. It's no going, no going to the head of the fire. There's yeah. no going ahead of anything like that. No. It's going 30, 40 miles. Yeah, down. you can't chase them down around here. We've we tried for years, and that's that's what the day we, that you and I, I thought we were going to die. That's what we were trying to do. and. I just did, I just thought we were, I didn't think I was gonna burn up that day. I literally thought we were gonna crash into another truck and just get smushed, smoked out. Couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought we'd get smashed on the front of this truck, and luckily we made it. But things changed after that, and we. See, I never knew my fat little butt could get that small on that little rail. <laughs> we were, we were down on the floor of that. Unbeknownst oh, to you, yeah. uh, actually, I had a plan. I was gonna use you for a little pad in between <laughs> just kidding but I, I was scared that day but so we've talked about that urban interface um, what else we got going on you know, the other thing is we have a lot of summer events coming up yeah and, and all the time we have summer events we have mass, gather, mass gatherings you know wildland season but uh, you know we have a, an event coming up this weekend that we're concerned about um, the protest that's coming up. Okay. The the peaceful protest, which is great. We are we're supporting of it and all that. Oh, for sure. But our issue is it's going to be hundred plus degrees. 
we're going to have, we're going to expect a lot of people, I hope not a lot, show up because of the heat and all, but then they've got instructions to, you know, wear, wear dark clothing. Yeah. That's going to affect us more in the Chiefs and I were talking before you got here. We're trying to come up with a plan of how to safely take care of the community. Yeah, we could have some heat-related issues, and that's what we're planning for. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but it's going to be super hot. Yeah, it'll be real important for people to stay hydrated. Yeah, and we know when when you talk about hydration out here, nice hot sunny day, Sunday afternoon, people aren't going to hydrate with just Kool-Aid and water. No, we're going to have other things in vent. So then that leads into people maybe not making the greatest decisions. Yeah, we're out there to help them also. And well, hopefully this, hopefully this is just ends up being a bunch of, uh, you know, our our local diamond people, and we don't have a whole bunch of outsiders come in and make it worse than it should be. Because, you know, this, it's our American right to do all this stuff, and I it totally is. support it. I just don't, I don't think we'll have a problem, but I definitely think you guys need to be concerned about heat exhaustion and stuff like that and you know going into you know if if it would become crazy and people start burning stuff that's what we were talking about our tactics oh is lord it, is yeah. it is it worth going in and find, if, it, if it's a car fire in the middle of main street and there's no exposures you know buildings on fire is it worth it for us to go in there if the mob is going that crazy burning stuff down you know we have to think about safety too and if it does if, if, yeah if it's not burning other people's property let her go those are some tactics that we have to consider. Hope not. Yeah. Risk a little to save a little. Risk a lot to save a lot. You know, we've always kind of kind of done that. If there's lives in danger, we're going to risk our lives a little more. And we are working with the police department, the sheriff's office. They've, they've had meetings, and I think they're planning to do... We'd be involved, too, in a, in a positive light. So oh, for sure. We're all going to do that. For sure, and I think we've got a good group of people in, in this whole... And I, I'm counting Texas County as a whole that it should be peaceful and shouldn't have any issues. But but then again, guys, like we're talking about all this preparedness, that's what we're talking about now. These guys have to be prepared for anything that could possibly happen. It only takes one bad apple to incite something that could turn into something worse. And it's this isn't some government big brother thing doing that it's being prepared you have to be prepared and you know, that's what you know like, like chief Lathrop said earlier our training that we did during during starting during the COVID, we couldn't we didn't just stop because COVID was here we still learned different techniques and training and took new opportunities to to train uh chief lighter his is when it came to COVID, how to keep our personnel safe how to ppe We've even devised different things during that, and it's not stopping. Right. Okay. When COVID's over, guess what? We still have things like tuberculosis around here, meningitis. We talked about all the things that we've seen on a regular basis. We feel now that we're even better protected when we see those items. Oh, for sure. Just keep them in the policy, and you're safer <clears throat> all the way around. So being prepared goes on further than just the incident going on right now. Okay. And that's what I, I agree with being prepared is it it is and that's that's why I wanted to talk to you guys just about how you guys stay prepared maybe if people listen they understand what it takes and how how you guys are constantly thinking about preparedness to keep citizens in Guymon and Texas County safe a lot of people don't get it 
you know, they see fancy trucks and see us maybe stopping to eat somewhere and think we're wasting money. And, you know, we're not. These, I worked in this industry for a long time or in this career for a long time and everybody I worked with did it for a reason because they care and they want to serve and save people. We wouldn't do it if we didn't. Because it's not the easiest job in the world. There's stuff. It's fun. It's fun. But I promise you, there's things I would like to forget that I saw. No doubt about it. You know, I'd like to encourage anybody to come out and watch us train sometime. For sure. I I would love to invite people to come out. So, you know, we train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of every week, 9 to noon. And sometimes go much further into that. And we train twice a month with the volunteer personnel yeah it, so. and and seriously if you're listening come do that and that brings up something i it makes me think of something and that there is a shortage of volunteer firefighters all across the state of oklahoma all across the country really but i know oklahoma's has issues and if you're interested come check it out if it's something you want to do talk to these guys Talk to these guys and maybe become a part of something that is a lot of fun and, and is very rewarding. Down to the page. There's a thunderstorm warning. So see, they're preparing now, guys. I mean, it's this is what we do. There's thunderstorm warning. So they're already thinking about what may have to be done tonight. So, Well, we've talked about a few things. I don't want to take a lot of y'all's time. Um, what do you got going for the future, real quick, before we close off? Any cool stuff? Chief Lathrop, Park One. Chief Lathrop, Park One. <laughs> now everything's going off. Yeah, I, I'm all about all about training. So we're going to constantly train, and the the training side of what we do right now lately has been uh, like rapid rapid intervention type stuff uh-huh. so being able to save each other you know uh, it's kind of like what we discussed Fire, firefighters helping fire, firefighters out yeah. of situations yeah different types of rescue scenarios you know like right. houses that burn are a little bit you know it's different the uh, materials different than how it was in the in the past so you know um, houses are designed to to allow people to get out not for firefighters to go back in yeah. so by the time we get there buildings are coming down so we do a lot of rapid intervention type training and, and uh, we went and done some Georgia stuff. Me and uh, another guy, Seuss, Reevy, we went. So trying to kind of encourage some of these other guys to jump in on that as well. For sure. And uh, just some, lots of good training is kind of my future with what's going on. So EMS side, what's going on there? Um, we're doing a lot of uh, scenario-based training for um, whatever medical emergencies. Um, a lot of things we've been looking at Obviously, here lately, we've been looking at a lot of the COVID things. Oh, for sure, yeah. How we're going to treat patients that have that. But in addition, that could be, that isn't necessarily the only thing that you have going on. Um, a lot of patients may have COVID and they may have something else going on. Or, yeah. or we'll see, um, we still see patients with all kinds of medical emergencies. Um, yeah, they don't stop. They don't stop. No. Mm-hmm. And so being able to to keep up on our skills keep up on our knowledge uh keep up on current practices and and trying to work that into our training program so that all the guys are are ready so that no matter when the the 
tones drop and no matter which crew you have here mm-hmm. that we'll send a good prepared crew out to to respond to those emergencies very cool basically a trained professional crew that's our goal chief Fodley, what do you got going on you got, you got any new things. toys coming for me to play with uh i don't know do we have anything new these guys have to keep me up on kind of what's, what's coming new and all that we I, i'm i'm great to have these guys they think out of the box a lot of times we're where I have to deal with more of the political sides. Yeah, for sure. The city, the county, the state, and yeah. recently the feds. Um, but um, my thing is, is working more with the community, letting them know what we have, what we have to offer. Yeah. If they need help, call. Yeah. And when they call, we're going to be there to help, no matter what the emergency is. We are an all-hazards department. We do hazmat. We do angle rescue, confined space. Um, I mean, if, in fact, I lose count of everything. We do ice rescue. We got boats. Do you know we got uh, boats? Yeah, you guys are doing <laughs> doing so much more now than what I was ever involved with. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Boats, so I'm kind of jealous, but it's it's awesome to see how far it's come. Trying to change, trying to stay up with all the training, with all the different aspects that we got is 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 almost an impossible feat. But it's fun to try to to, to continue to do that. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's never ending. You know, just running a department, you know, our mission, you know, to run a department that we, we enjoy to belong to yeah. is, is big, too. Yeah. So you got to do that. Very cool. Anything else you want to add? I think, I think it's really neat. We're constantly getting new equipment, looking for new equipment. Um, oh, I can't for imagine ways. the EMS side, how it's changed. Oh, it's yeah. tourniquets now? It's not even outlawed when we were here. Yeah, I I, I, I carry one now, and I I might need some training on it. I I've done some, I've done a little video training and stuff, but I I carry them now because when when I went through, yeah, that was a no no. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so and and we have. I mean, we've been doing a lot of training for that too. We've been, um, we, last year we started a program, the Stop the Bleed program. Did it with uh, the schools, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lane uh, Dura, yeah. Lane. Lane. Uh, I think was gonna get with me at some point about Hooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm on the school board there, and so you know they and they knew that, and. So you know, and I don't know if you knew kind of what our thought process on this was. Is we know that it is near impossible, if impossible, to tell who's if somebody's got a gun. What they're going to do with the gun, anything. I mean, it's try to advocate, you know, uh, gun laws and rights that you're, you're, you're just, I, th- I think people are out there a little too far. People are going to carry guns. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, our, that's our constitutional right. Yeah. To, to bear arms. And I'm not, I'm, I'm for that. On the other hand, though, is we have, I think we in EMS have to be prepared for incidents like that we can't stop the shooting but we can stop the bleeding exactly and I you know I'm a I I shoot and I train with firearms and and I carry and I honestly believe um, I went through paramedic school too and I think and a lot of people around here will disagree with me on this because they're just like break into my house I'll just shoot you but I'm not that kind of person I, I try to train and be really good at it, but if you're going to carry, I think you need to learn how to plug a hole too. 
I really do. Because if you're at a mass shooting, you're at a concert in Vegas and that goes down, I want to I want to be able to help people and stop bleeding too. So it goes hand in hand. Exactly. If you're going to train to learn how to use a gun, I think you ought to train to learn how to help the people around you that may get hit. You know, in the years that they've been training, you know, everybody's talking about the gunfire and this and that, but look at the secondary devices people are they they found, you know, years ago Columbine, you know, the, the bombs that were attempted to be in 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 the parking lots and oh, the, yeah. or the bombs themselves that's not gunfire it's had a bomb explosive. in Norman remember OU game oh yeah so I mean it's here's the thing like the, the Boston Marathon the biggest thing after the bombs went off that done there were so many people that needed you know tourniquets due to yeah. um, different things so. yeah I think yeah I think this whole war that that our country's been in since 9-11 has what's Change that whole aspect on the tournament. They proved in trauma situations that it saves lives, and then again we carry over into the civilian side of it. We do. Yeah, we we learn so much from those horrible situations they're in, and we can carry it over into running an ambulance in our cities in the United States. We do. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So we're running out of time, and I got to let these guys get to work, but. With that being said, you know, we were talking about preparedness and there's good and evil in everything. We've got pandemics, we've got fires, we've got tornadoes, we've got severe weather storms that knock out power. All it takes is just a little simple preparedness and Google can help you. So just, just get on there and learn. And if you need to contact anybody, shoot me a message. Call Gavin Fire Department. These guys are here to help you. So, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet, man. Enjoyed it.